listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Are y'all ready to dive into the word today? I hope so. Um, we are in a series called The Four Giants of Liberty County. Now, let me tell you, while we are talking about Four Giants of Liberty County, I want you to know that I believe this is an area thing that it extends beyond just the confines of Liberty County itself that there are giants in this area that are designed to keep you down and to keep you uh, 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 in a place where you are constantly in this mess and you feel like you can't get out of it. Now, last week we talked about the poverty spirit, the poverty mentality. And I realize this is not stuff you typically hear on a Sunday morning. So if this is your first time here or if you're watching for the first time online, <laughs> surprise, you know, like this is, you're going to get a deeper level message than what we might see on a Sunday morning. I do invite you to follow along on notes. If you go to your version app, click the menu, click events, we'll be at the top one there. The reason I'm telling you that is because you need to save the notes so that you can go back and look. And as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you can go back and look at what was said, and what was taught. And even the prayer at the end is so important that you that when we do this prayer confession at the end that you dive into that. But last week we talked about the poverty spirit and I pray that God showed you some things this week that helped you process that, okay? Now listen, it's just like a gift. I can give you a gift, but if you never open that gift, it's of no use to you. So God could have showed you something last week in the message or he could have spoken something to you over the course of the week and you felt like, wow, that was really impactful for me. But if you don't do anything with it, it's worthless, so be sure that you're actually following through with what God asked you to do. Now, I know several people, at least, have already stepped into some financial covenant with God that they weren't in before, which is incredible. That's amazing. So this is how you keep that poverty spirit dead is through generosity. And I don't just mean money. I mean, being generous in every situation, in every season, okay? being generous with your time, with your talents, with your efforts. Being generous is how we keep the poverty spirit dead. So just because we prayed a prayer and confessed some things last week, does that mean that that giant no longer exists in Liberty County? I mean, you can look at the graph and, hey, there's one missing, isn't there? Now, does that mean that that thing is dead and gone? Now, you still may see some poverty in pockets of Liberty County. You might. But God almost always uses a remnant of people to see the kingdom move. They refuse to bow down. They refuse to succumb to the enemy. They refuse to sit back and be idle. They take the kingdom by force. Now, Israel itself was chosen by God to do this very thing. If you ever wonder why did God choose Israel, it's for one reason. He picked those people to show the world this is how you're supposed to have a relationship with me. Now, we can talk about whether or not they did a good job on that. But, but that was the whole purpose to begin with. That's why it's important to break the power of this spirit in your own life so that you can be an example of what it means to be generous to those who are around you. So when you go to your office and people are like, man, something's different about you. Okay, what's different? I don't know. You just, you have a better attitude. You seem more generous. Man, you ought to take that as a moment to say, praise God. That's it. Let me, let me tell you why. I know we don't talk about poverty mentality in church much, but let me tell you what God did in my life just in a week. That's the point. You still might see signs of poverty mentality, but listen, the spirit itself has been toppled and we have to walk that out in our own lives. So it's up to us to help people around here know how to live a generous life and how to get out of poverty. Now, that doesn't mean that you stop at the front of Walmart and you grab everybody's receipts and say, you know what? The Holy Spirit says you don't really need that. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I mean, you probably gonna get shot in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like eggs. You can grow your own eggs. It's called chickens. OK, whatever, man. I know, I know some of y'all like growing chickens. I like getting mine at the store, okay? Like, I mean, I even, I even, <laughs> so stupid, but I even got some eggs the other day, and I looked at them. You know, you always check to see if they're cracked. Well, one of them had what looked like, like poop on it. I was like, no, I'm not getting that one. <laughs> I know I'm not eating the shell, but I don't even want to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, God bless you chicken people. Love y'all. Send it to the store, and I'll buy it there. Um, but listen, the point is, if you want to see change in an area, if you want to see change in your home, if you want to see change in a nation, it doesn't start from the highest levels down. It starts with you. You have to be the change. 
I mean, the more, it's just like lights. The more lights you have, the brighter it is. If you're flying, there's a lot of darkness around when you're flying at nighttime. But you'll see these pockets of light. And one light is hard to see, but when you've got 15 million lights over a city, it shines like the Bible says it does. This is what happens whenever we begin to walk out the truth that the poverty spirit inside of us is broken. So, go watch last week if you need to. It's on our website, freedomdl.com. It's on our YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. But you've, <laughs> but you've got to get out of this mentality of a poverty spirit. Amen? So today we're going to talk about addiction. This is giant number two is addiction. All right? Now, man, it's a lot of addiction around here. And before we jump into this notion that it's just drugs, let me, let me tell you, it's so much more. Okay? So addiction. Let's... When I'm, when I'm doing stuff like this, I always like to go to word etymology. I don't know if, if, you've, if you like word etymology. I love knowing where words came from. Okay, it's super important. In fact, in fact if I read a Bible verse <coughs> and it's super impactful to me, I'll typically go back to the Greek online. Like, there's tons of websites you can do this on. Um, but but um, Bible Hub is one of the ones I use. And you can go back and look at the actual word that really hit you. Like, wow, that word is just something about that. And you can go look at the Greek word and what it actually means. And it will blow your mind a lot of times. Like, it's really incredible how English is so bad at translating Greek. But, uh, uh, but if you look at the word addiction, we get this word for us from the Latin. And it's ad dicere. It means to declare. So it means to declare. To, that's, where it, that's where it originally came from. But by the time it got to the 1500s, it was translation, translated as devotion to a habit. Okay, interesting. We see this spirit rampant in our area and in our culture as well. Now, while we automatically assume that this is a drug-related thing, like cigarettes or vaping or alcohol or marijuana or hard drugs, like those people are addicted, we need to see the truth that addiction is so much more than a substance abuse issue. It's so much more than that. Sexual morality which includes things like impurity, sensuality, pornography, fornication, even orientation and gender identities, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Some of these are the fruits of the flesh that we see in Galatians chapter 5. But unfortunately, we're not finished. Um, You have addictions to what people think, how you're perceived, addictions to making money and having more and more and more. Oh, I'll know I made it if I have a bigger house. You're going to want a bigger house after that because addiction is insatiable. Things like our appearance, our social status, our level of importance, even things like power, control, influence. These are addictions. Let me put it to you like this. If you crave it, it's probably an addiction. So I want to cut to the chase today with you concerning addictions and tell you it's not complicated. Let's get to the truth of this. When we engage in addictive behavior, we are devoting ourselves to a habit. So what is devoting? Well, because again, I'm an etymology nerd. That's okay. Throw your stones. Let's look at what devotion means. It's from the Latin devovere. It means to vow. And when it comes to uh, when it comes to this specific word, devoting, by the time, again, it gets to 1500s, which is where a lot of our English vernacular started uh, taking some, some, getting some ground, is it means to, to sacrifice oneself by a vow. What is a vow? A vow is a, sacrifice, uh, a sacrificially offered promise is what it is. To sacrificially offer and promise is what a vow is. So when we engage in an addiction, what we're doing is we're worshiping it. We are offering our sacrificed selves as a vow of our devotion to a habit. Leave it on the screen for just a minute and let the impact of that hit you. We are offering our sacrificed selves as a vow of our devotion to a habit. That's what an addiction is. So what does it mean? It means we're idol worshipers. All right, all right, all right. Okay, hold on. Let's look at idolatry in Israel. I always used to think, how in the world could these morons like not just follow Jesus, like follow God, follow Yahweh? Why? How could they not? That mean fire by night? Come on, man. Pillar of cloud by day? Ten plagues in Egypt? Like how, how in the world could you be an idolater in that situation? And then I had a, 
man in the mirror moment. Thank you, Michael. And realize that I do the same thing. So let's talk about Israel and their idolatry. We get idolatry, we get idols from a few places that we find in Ezekiel chapter 20. As I was reading through Ezekiel chapter 20, there were some things that jumped out at me. Like, okay, these are, these are places where we get idols. Because I'm sure you didn't wake up this morning and go, I'm going to worship idols. Like, it's probably not you, okay? And if you did, let's talk after service. Uh, we, we're going to anoint you with oil. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, what? No, um, we're going to dunk you until the devil comes out. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. That's not what baptism is at Freedom Church. It's ready, and it's hot. No, I'm kidding. Um, the whole point, though, is that we find idols in our lives, and they come from a variety of places and spaces. So let's talk through some of that. First, idols from forefathers. Ezekiel 24 through 6 and verse 18. Son of man, bring charges against them and condemn them. Make them realize how detestable the sins of their ancestors really were. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. When I chose Israel, when I revealed myself to the descendants of Jacob in Egypt, I took a solemn oath that I, the Lord, would be their God. I took a solemn oath that day that I would bring them out of Egypt to the land I discovered and explored for them. A good land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the best of all lands anywhere. Then I warned their children not to follow in their parents' footsteps, defiling themselves with their idols. And let me tell you something real quick, just as inspiration of the Holy Spirit in this moment. Before you get mad at God for Him demanding that we worship Him only, look at what He said. When I chose Israel, I took a solemn oath that I, the Lord, would be their God. So as committed as He wants you to be to Him, He's already made the same commitment to you before you ever made the commitment to Him. God is not asking you to do something. That he himself hasn't done. He has already chosen, I'm going to be your God. That is huge. Because if you want to know God's level of devotion, here's what he did. He chose you. I warn their children not to follow in their parents' footsteps, defiling themselves with idols. Parents, listen to me. What you leave at the cross, your children don't have to deal with. So I realize that you may have walked into this room with a whole laundry list of issues that come from your family of origin. I hear you. I know that there were idols that were worshipped in your families. There were things that were done to you and through you and against you and around you that you had no control over. But listen to me. Take the word of the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 20. Don't walk in your parents' footsteps. Well, how do I do that? One of the things is pulling down the giant of addiction in your life. If your daddy was an alcoholic and your daddy's daddy was an alcoholic, you don't have to be an alcoholic. If, you were, if your daddy was a control freak and your grandma was a control freak, you don't have to be a control freak. You don't have to continue living the sins of what you came out of. Idols from forefathers have to fall. It'd be good, every one of these, if you could, like, for real, jump on version, click the little uh, menu, click the events, save this message, and then write down maybe, some, maybe the Holy Spirit's going to reveal you to some idols that come from these different spots we're going to talk about. Write them down and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about them and how to kill those things. Sometimes identifying them is one of the biggest parts. Realizing, I didn't even know I had this. Hey, I'm going to tell you something crazy. Maybe invite some people that love you. And care about you and want your best to get in on it. Hey, do you think that I have anything from my forefathers that I maybe not know about? Go have a talk with your parents. Tell me about grandpappy. Why was he like that? Maybe God will show you something that you need to deal with that's either dormant in your life or that's been sneaking around in your background, pulling the strings. The second one is idols from places you've been. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 7 through 8. Then I said to them, each of you, get rid of the vile images that you are so obsessed with. Do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt, for I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not listen. They did not get rid of the vile images they were obsessed with or forsake the idols of Egypt. 
Remember how we, when we started this whole process out, we talked about how that there were territorial spirits, and I went into the Bible to prove to you that there were territorial spirits. You know, Daniel 10, the prince of, of Persia, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so there are those territorial spirits. You may not have always lived in Liberty County, but maybe you lived in Katy, or maybe you lived in Longview, or maybe you lived in California, maybe you lived wherever, a lot of these different places. There are certain spirits in those areas that are trying to get you to worship them and to bow before them. And a lot of times, if we don't realize it, we carry with us the idols of places we've been. Think about Isaac's wife, Rachel. Whenever she left, she took her father's household gods with her. So she not only pulled the idols from her forefathers, she pulled the idols from the places she was. Why? Because she was probably scared that where she was going, she wasn't going to be protected. So she tried to bring idols from another place and that's sometimes why when we move to a new place we can't seem to get our traction is because we're still trying to worship those gods in a new city we often pick up habits along the way from places and environments we've been in and what may have been a survival mechanism in your past is actually a crutch in your present and it will sabotage your future well this addiction i've had because man this is the only way rejecting people before they reject me that's an addiction okay Come on. That's kept me safe. But listen to me. You're in an environment now where that's going to sabotage your future. Don't let the addiction that helped you cope yesterday destroy tomorrow. Idols from a lack of direction. Ezekiel 20, 26. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I had given them. This references the golden calf made from the gold that they got from the Egyptians as they left Egypt. They didn't know what happened to Moses. And so what they did is they reverted to habits from their old life. By the way, be careful you don't idolize your gift, refusing to honor the one who gave it to you. Some of y'all in here might be really good at making money. God bless you. That's a gift from the Lord. He gives you the ability to make money. Praise God. Be careful you don't idolize the gift and refuse the giver. Some of y'all can sing. Some of y'all can do things. like You have talents and gifts and abilities. Make sure you don't idolize the gift. You may have heard before, an idle mind is the devil's playground. That's an old wives' tale. But humans do tend to revert to negative habitual behavior when bored, idle, or unchallenged. I wrote this down and I kind of thought it was funny because the play on words... Idols surface in idle moments. Idols surface in idle moments. Let's talk about idols from unholy yokes. Ezekiel 20, 21. <laughs> There's not a 266. Sorry, that's a typo. Um, that's 26. Verse 21. They refused to keep my decrees and follow my regulations. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I had given them and allowed them to give their firstborn children as offerings to their gods. Now, this is going to be a little wild, so I really, need you to, um, I really need you to lean in right here. Israel yoked herself to Baal Peor on the way to Canaan, and we see this in Numbers chapter 25. And they engaged in ritual child sacrifice to Molech. Okay, I'm not trying to dwell on the craziness of this, but literally would sacrifice their children to the fire to Molech. That's disgusting. It's like, I don't even want to think about that. But as detestable and hard to palate as this is, we have to be careful that we're not judging too harshly. You know why? While I've never considered offering my children as a burnt sacrifice to Molech, I have exposed my children to addictive behaviors in my own life. I have. Like anger and frustration. I've blown up at them. Because... because and anger addiction is something I've always had to struggle with. Glass, can I be glass house with y'all? Or do I have to be perfect for you to love me? Like, can I be glass house? Like, like need for approval. Even control. So let me ask you, what addictive behaviors and habits have you exposed your children to? Let me say it like this. What sacrificial devotion to habits have you taught your kids? You don't, you don't have to sacrifice your kid to Molech to have an unholy yoke. You just have to expose them to your addiction from your unholy yoke. 
I'm sorry to have such an emotional reaction to this in front of you today, but I'm telling you right now, this really hit me hard. This is the part of the message that did the most movement in my heart. Because as repulsive as it is to throw your kids into a fire to worship a God that doesn't exist, we do this when we allow our children to see us operating in our addiction. We are sacrificing our kids to unholy yokes. It's got to stop, man. Meanwhile, the spirit of addiction is just sitting back laughing his head off because he knows he has you and he has a whole new generation now. Idols from a desire to fit in. Ezekiel 20, 32 to 35, or 35. You say, we want to be like the nations all around us who serve idols of wood and stone. But what you have in mind will never happen. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations and there I will judge you face to face. It's amazing. They wanted to be like the other nations. And God says, hey, you, you go down that road, buddy. I'll bring you to a wilderness where all the nations will see how destitute you are. Why? Because I love you too much to let you defile yourself with idols that won't do anything to help you. Some of us are in wildernesses right now. And we don't know why. It's because your heavenly father, it's not that he shunned you and kicked you out and thrown you out and pushed you out of the house. It's because he knows that in the wilderness, you'll get to a place where you realize your need for him. And that's more important to you, to, to him, than for you to have happiness in what you think you need. We don't like that part of God, though. Sometimes addictions in our lives stem from a sincere desire to fit in with those around us. Now, I'm not trying to pull the peer pressure card here, but peer pressure is true. It does happen. You have to understand that the spirit of addiction will do whatever it takes to get you bound. He'll even use people in your life that you love and that love you. And they might even have your best intention in mind. But what they might be doing is operating out of a spirit of addiction in their own heart, and they lure you into it thinking that this is going to be the solution. They'll invite you into their addiction, and before you know it, you're trapped. Interestingly enough, God called Israel to stand out, not to fit in. We have to be careful that we're not finding ourselves in addictive behaviors because we're so adamant about fitting into something when God's called us to stand out. Idols from, being, uh, from rejecting what God says. Ezekiel 20 and 8. But they rebelled against me and would not listen. Again, it's easy to hate on Israel at this moment, but y'all were in the same predicament. Imagine you're addicted to affirmation, okay? Imagine this. Because you can't stand the thought of being rejected by others, you are addicted to what people think about you. We see this all the time on social media because everybody puts their best stuff on social media, okay? And even if we do put something about ourselves that is not very savory, that's spicy, like y'all talk about spicy, um, we're terrified of what people are going to think. We are. We're terrified, okay? Meanwhile... God, in both his word and to you personally, has reassured you that no matter what other people say or think, you're his kid. You're enough because he's enough. And the thoughts he thinks towards you are innumerable. But you won't listen. And as a result, addiction whispers in your ear to ignore what God says and cling to what people say. So are we really that much different than Israel? You think addiction only lives in crack pipes. Wrong. It lives in rebellion too. Idols from feeling abandoned. Ezekiel was literally writing Ezekiel 20 while in exile under the Babylonians. Years before, a couple hundred years before, Israel had already been exiled under the Assyrians. It may seem to them, it may have seemed to them that God had abandoned them. And even towards the end of Ezekiel chapter 20, the elders were sitting before Ezekiel in exile thinking, you know what, we should just start worshiping the other nation's idols. Bruh, that's what got you where you are right now. When you feel abandoned, it's so easy to justify addictive behavior. Okay, what do I mean by that? Maybe you and your spouse are at odds, and it's caused your intimacy to suffer. Okay, and because of that, you just you justify your addictive behaviors to maybe something on the internet, which destroys intimacy. Well, Jesus, you said my body is hers and her body is mine. We're supposed to. Mm. Okay, I hear you. But because one spouse is not following what the Lord says, does it give you a pass to be addictive? Does it give you a pass to sin? 
Look at Judas. He felt Jesus failed him in that Jesus was not going to overthrow the Romans like he thought the Messiah was going to do. So he decided to betray Jesus. Well, how does this apply to all this, what we're talking about? Well, his addiction was money and betrayal. Judas constantly took money from the till the whole time. Constantly. Patted his pockets. The Bible says it. And then all of a sudden, when Judas has the opportunity to betray Jesus, his betrayal of them with money turned into a betrayal of Jesus himself. He justified the betrayal in his mind. We have to be very careful that when we feel abandoned, we don't justify our addictions and give them more strength in our lives. These are some main areas and not a comprehensive list, okay? Uh, but they all have one thing in common, idolatry. So I read to you the bits from Ezekiel chapter 20 that talked about their idolatry. Let me show you some of the pretty harsh results for idolatry, okay? Follow with me. Son of man, bring charges against them and condemn them. Make them realize how detestable the sins of their ancestors really were. Then I threatened to pour out my fury on them to satisfy my anger while they were still in Egypt. I threatened to pour out my fury on them, and I made plans to utterly consume them in the wilderness. Nevertheless, I took pity on them and held back from destroying them in the wilderness. But I took a solemn oath against them in the wilderness. I swore I would scatter them among the nations because they did not obey my regulations. They scorned my decrees by violating my Sabbath days and longing for the idols of their ancestors. I gave them over to worthless decrees and regulations that would not lead to life. I let them pollute themselves so I might devastate them and remind them that I alone am the Lord. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. Uh, do you plan to pollute yourselves just as your ancestors did? Do you intend to keep prostituting yourselves by worshiping vile images? As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I will rule over you with an iron fist and great anger and with awesome power. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there I will judge you face to face. I will judge you there just as I did your ancestors in the wilderness after bringing them out of Egypt, says the sovereign Lord. As for you, O people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Go right ahead and worship your idols. But sooner or later you will obey me and will stop bringing shame on my holy name by worshiping idols. You will look back on all the ways you defiled yourselves and will hate yourselves because of the evil you've done. You will know that I am the Lord, O people of Israel, when I've honored my name by treating you mercifully in spite of your wickedness. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. All right, y'all be blessed. Have a good week. Y'all, that's harsh. That's heavy. Notice that even... Even though God wants to destroy because of wickedness, he still leans into his mercy and grace for you. Look, we wouldn't do that with people. What does George Bush say? Hey, you know, fool me once, fool me, fool me twice. Look, can't fool me two times. We wouldn't give God, we wouldn't give people multiple chances. And before you say, hey, wait a minute, that's Old Testament God. God is way nicer now. Let me just remind you that Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And guess what? Jesus didn't remove holiness from one of God's descriptors. Holiness is still essential. He said, be holy for I am holy. It's interesting to me that addictions are habits that we dedicate ourselves to. And the definition of holy is set apart, consecrated, listen, something dedicated. So an addiction is something we are dedicating ourselves to, and holiness is supposed to be something dedicated. See, we are dedicating ourselves to something. God says that we're the ones that are set apart. We're the ones to be dedicated. I know I read a lot of scary things that come from idolatry, but there is one phrase repeated a few times in Ezekiel chapter 20 that is so encouraging. We see one of them in verse 13. It says, but the people of Israel rebelled against me and they refused to obey my decrees there in the wilderness. They wouldn't obey my regulations, even though obedience would have given them life. Wow. Let me ask you something, parents. When your kids obey, up to half my kingdom. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. And if they obey first time, you're like, whoop, dun, 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 dun. You know, like you're just like so excited. First time obedience. Yeah. yeah you're just pumped. What happens when they don't obey, though? Right? What do you think happens when you first time obey God? 
Let's see what happens. Life. Some of you have been walking in so much death around you and you don't understand why. Could it be tied to your obedience? Because Ezekiel believed it to be. Do you, do you see now how big of a deal addiction is and how negative of an impact it's having on you? Do you see it? So today's message really isn't about beating you down and condemning you for having an addiction. Uh, okay, more than anything, here's what I want you to see. For the time we have remaining, I want you to see just three things. Number one, you have to stop the idolatry. There's no other choice. If you're going to go forward with Jesus, stop the idolatry. You have to. Idolatry can just seem like the worship of the wrong thing, but it's more than that. Idolatry in the context of addiction is the worship of an apparent lack in your life. That's what addiction is, by the way. Did you know that? Addiction is the response to an apparent lack or pain inside of you. So take a look at some basic addictions, substances. Some do them to cope. Some do them to cover pain. Some do them out of rebellion. Some do it because it was the 60s, man. Okay, there are a million reasons, but each reason speaks to brokenness inside of a person i don't know many people who are whole and have their just they're living their best life with jesus that are still heavily engaged in addictions why it's because they've discovered that jesus is everything emotional addictions rejection anger control identity i mean i don't really have to explain these do i like these are addictions when we are faced With a perceived lack or pain, obedience turns our attention to God who is our provider. But the spirit of addiction is bent on not only exploiting our lack, but using our lack or pain as an excuse to indulge in the worship of that addiction. I put it on the screen so that you could see through that and let your brain process those words. What's going on here? This spirit wants you to idolize the lack and pain To justify the addiction. I got to smoke because if I smoke, like I'll 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 just be wired. It calms me down. I hear you. I'm going to be real with you. Some of that might just be nicotine and its impact on your nervous system. But do you do you need it to cope? There's a. There's a quote from Major Payne. <laughs> when they asked if he had a wife, and he goes, if the army wanted me to have a wife, they'd have issued me one. It's fitting on Veterans, around veterans Weekend. Um, if God wanted you to have these addictive coping mechanisms, he would have made you with them. Well, I, just, I just drink a little, settle down at night. Tried prayer? I mean, I mean, prayer's way cheaper too, just let y'all know. I just can't sleep at night, so I gotta pop these pills. Try reading Leviticus. (laughs) Try ASMR, like seriously. I know I'm being silly, and I'm not trying to be flippant about addiction. I'm really not. But I need you to understand that your coping is not an adequate reason for your addiction. Not according to the word. Listen, your pain, I know it's real. Nobody's saying it's not real. But your pain is not an adequate reason for you to engage in addiction. Okay? The need of coping mechanisms, the existence of pain... These are indicators that you need to lean in harder than you ever have to Jesus. Now, listen, we're not a church that says you just need to pray more. You'll get rid of them devils. Like I hear you. Sometimes you need to go see a therapist. Listen to me. Sometimes you need you need medicine. Sometimes your physical body needs things to adjust the chemical processes inside of you. So don't hear what I'm not saying. That church hates therapy. We have two therapists that we recommend people to and we even pay for it if somebody can't. So don't give me the we don't care about therapy. I've taken, I've been in therapy. Some of you are like, we know. Like, <laughs> and you need it right now. Quote major pain on a Sunday morning. Like, what's wrong with you? That's a funny movie, okay? I realize that physical addictions create physical dependencies. 
but the physical dependency was the result of the initial idolatry. Okay? Had you not sacrificed yourself in devotion to your habit, there would be no physical dependence. Again, this is not to condemn. This is to open your eyes to the fact that your addiction is rooted in idolatry. Ezekiel 20, three and, uh, 2 and 3. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. This is Exodus, excuse me. Out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. If you have an addiction, I need to ask you a very simple question right now. Here's a question I want you to ask yourself. What God am I worshiping? Uh, let me give you a follow-up question. If I am worshiping something else, why am I so convinced that God Almighty cannot tend to my needs, heal my pain, and or mend my brokenness, but this other God can? So clarifying that, what need is the spirit of addiction meeting that you think God Almighty isn't? I knew he was going to go here, preacher. Cause like, you get, on my, you get on my nerves now, bro. Convince me that addiction is not just us telling God that he can't supply our needs. What this will do, the answer to this question will give you the root of your addiction. Psalm 135, 15 through 18. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them, so all who so do all who trust in them. The last verse is a very interesting clue into what makes your addiction so hard to shake. There is something that happens when you engage in your addiction that is enough to make you keep coming back even when the addiction is destructive. So, what is it about your addiction that speaks identity to you? Because you become like them, so do all who trust in them. How many people do you know have engaged in addiction? Let's take alcoholism because that's an easy one to, to pick on. How many people do you know who have engaged in alcoholism that have become as manipulative and, 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 and uh, toxic as alcoholism itself? Y'all know any drunks? Are they the people you want to hang out with? They become as manipulative as, and as toxic as alcoholism itself. They become like their addiction. What you worship, excuse me, you will worship anything that gives you identity. Huh. So where are you getting your identity from? So you have to stop idolatry. <laughs> How do you stop idolatry? That's a really good question. You, you have to be holy. You have to be holy. Okay, how do I do that? Well, you have to love God more than you love your addiction. You have to want to be set apart, consecrated to God. You have to be more serious about your relationship with Jesus than your relationship with your lack, pain, and brokenness. You have to care more about growing closer to Jesus than your need for a fix. You have to crave time with him more than you crave your next hit. Jesus has to be your focus, not your lack, pain, and brokenness. Now, I know you may want this, but wanting it and knowing how to get it are two different stories, right? Andrew, Andrew Womack said this, holiness is the fruit, not the root. See, holiness is the byproduct of lordship. R remember, lordship is all or nothing. Lordship is not, well, Jesus, you can have Sunday for an hour 30. No, it's everything. It's all of you. So if you're struggling with an addiction that has consumed your life, and I'm not challenging your salvation here, but I am asking you to check it. I'm asking you to check where you stand on lordship because it's either 10 or 0. You can't be a 6. Well, Jesus, let's see. I was about an 8 this week, but, well, I said that word, so I'm going to go down to 4. That's not how it works. Can you, I mean, I know there are dimmers, so y'all don't be like, well, there's a dimmer. But if you flip a switch on or off, it's either on or off, isn't it? I mean, if you go home right now with your regular single pole switch and try to just lock it in the middle, you're probably going to blow your house up, right? They don't know what to do. It's either all or nothing. Same thing with lordship. Salvation is not your heart on Sundays. It's all of you. So if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, you have no hope of being free from a spirit of addiction. No hope. So rather than wait till the end, let's do it right now. Come on, let's just do it as a church. If you're here right now and you don't know Jesus and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life right now, here's your opportunity. You don't have to wait. Well, I need to think about it. You know, you don't. 
you need to say yes to Jesus. I'll do it after we eat Tiger Harry's. You might not make it to Tiger Harry's. And I ain't trying to pull the, you might die card, but you might die. So here's what we're going to do. Let's just all confess it right now. Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. I believe in you. I confess you as Lord. Save me. All of me is yours, Jesus. Amen. Listen, church, if you mean it, he means it. Well, I didn't feel nothing. Then feeling might be an idol. God took feeling him away from me for six months while I was a worship pastor in 2001. Six months. You try to lead worship and not feel the Holy Spirit. It was impossible. I finally asked God, like, what are you, why? He says, because you love the feeling more than you love me. And I'll take the feeling until you find me again. Christianity is not about feeling. It's about confession. It's about lordship. It's about holiness. It's about discipleship. Maybe you're a Christian here, but, but the addiction is living in a room of your heart that you've kept away from God. God, you have all of them. Let me have that one. Here's your chance. Give him access right now. So just run it. Holy Spirit, you have access to every room in my heart. I hold nothing back from you, God. Every room, every space, every thought, every neuron is yours, God. Every breath is yours. I give you everything. Jesus, you have control of every part of me. Every part. Every piece. Let me give you a spiritual life hack here. The key to that room might be confessing a sin, acknowledging a hurt, forgiving someone, or more. I've lost the key to that heart, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, as soon as you forgive this person, I'll get in. You see, Jesus is not just the knocker at the door. He's the locksmith, man. And even if you've forgotten what's in that room and you've lost that key, if you will just let Jesus have access, he'll take care of the rest. Well, how's he going to do that? He might have you sit down with somebody that was an alcoholic just like you were, that's been set free. 19 years. Praise God, man. Praise God. A few months. Praise God. Making the decision today. Praise God. So how did God want Israel to be holy? How? It's simple. I'm going to put them all on the screen. You need to probably take a picture of this, save this in your notes, something. Obedience to the word of God. Rejecting unbiblical, idolatrous culture. Embracing covenant completely. Letting everything you do focus on God. And seeking and honoring his presence constantly. This is what he wanted Israel to do. I don't know if I can do that. Well, this is what it takes to be holy. How do I embrace covenant completely? Here, here's how. You ask, if God asks you to do something, you do it. If God says, I want you to go over there and you deodorant aisle and put your hand on somebody and pray for them, you do it. Why? Because you're in covenant with him. If God says, I want you to give this, you give it. If God says, I want you to say this, you say it. If God says, hey, you're doing so great and you've been really knocking it out of the park and I just want you to know first, I'm so proud of you. You're really doing this thing and I love it. I want that one thing. That one thing that you've been keeping back from me that you thought maybe that I wasn't going to recognize it. I, I, I want that. Let me tell you something. God never takes something from you and doesn't replace it with something that is blowing your mind. Same works for us today. If you aren't doing these things or at the, at the minimum trying to do these things, how can you possibly stay holy? Like how? If you can't stay holy, how can you possibly reject idols? If you can't reject idols, how can you possibly overcome your addiction? When you chase anything harder than you chase Jesus, the result is always unholy, idolatrous addiction. Last one is this, you have to lay it down. So what is it? Well, that's different for everybody, isn't it? 
It's one of the things about when people say a personal relationship with Jesus, it's lost so much of his uh, so much of its power because we've heard it so much. But his relationship with you is personal. That means the stupid stuff that you think is funny. God probably built that into you for some reason, and he loves that about you, and he likes communicating with you like that. You see what I'm saying? It's personal. And, and also, it's not just a blanket, this is how it is. Five points to being holy. No, they're personalized points to being holy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, Noah is not going to have the same path that Marvin's going to have. And praise God, because y'all are different, bro. Y'all have completely different personalities. No shade, it's just it is what it is. Can you imagine if God tells a female and a male to have the exact same process down to the, to the nitty-gritty? That's not going to work because you know what? Guys and gals think different, okay? Compartments versus spaghetti, right? That's <laughs> so what do you need to lay down today? A little exercise here. It's going to require you to close your eyes. It's okay. Nobody's going to punch you. Close your eyes right now for just for a second. Focus on the Lord. Ask yourself this question. Holy Spirit, what addictions am I dealing with right now? What addictions am I dealing with right now? Now, if you're like me, you probably heard a list of things. God help me. Maybe I need to start off with God forgive me, not God help me. Now look at me. Whatever you need to lay down today, you didn't hear it from me. You just heard it from him. From him. I'm not asking you to lay it down. God is asking you to lay it down. So, before we do that, though, let me encourage you at least a little bit. Micah chapter 5, verse 13. I will cut off your carved images and your pillars from among you, and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. God can play a part in the destruction of these addictions if you will let him. Colossians 3, 1 through 5. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Earthly, man-made, made by hands. Listen to me, church, if you will allow God to destroy the idols and addictions, and if you will put to death the earthly things that you've been worshiping, the giant will fall. So let's wrap this up with a statement and a prayer of confession. The statement is this. For too long, a spirit of addiction has been allowed to rule and reign in Liberty County. And with the same judgment that God gave Belshazzar, king of Babylon, in Daniel 5, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to speak this to the spirit of addiction in this entire area. You may not know the story, but there was a banquet going on, and they saw some writing on the wall. It said, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Upharsin. And here's what the words mean, and this is what I believe God is saying right now to this spirit in this area as well. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. He has been weighed and he's been found wanting. And his kingdom has been divided and taken from him. So we declare that right now. Come on, church, in the name of Jesus. You spirit of addiction, you've been weighed and measured and found wanting. Your kingdom has been taken from you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we command you to fall by the power of the Holy Spirit. Release your grasp over Liberty County right now in the name of Jesus. We curse you, spirit of addiction, and the Lord rebuke you. In Jesus' mighty name, leave and never return. Now let's deal with these addictions in our own lives. The spirit of addiction has been pulled down, so let's walk in freedom through our confession today. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to confess this with me. These words are going to be on the screen, and don't wait for me to say it. Let's all read it together. And, and listen, again, I said it last Sunday. These are words. So I put them on the screen. But if you mean it, God means it. And everything in Christianity is done through confession. 
So as we confess this, remember, it's not by my might or my power. It's by His might and His power and the Spirit of the Lord. Let's do this. Here we go. Father, I confess now that a spirit of addiction has affected how I think, believe, and act. I acknowledge that I have been under the influence of the spirit of addiction and that I have allowed it to impact my family. I repent before you, Lord, for my involvement with the spirit of addiction and come out of agreement with the spirit of addiction in the name of Jesus. By the power of your blood and your Holy Spirit in me, Lord, I dismantle it, bind it from attaching itself to me or my dependents, and command it to flee and never return. I confess you, God Almighty, are my source. You are enough. You are my God. And because you are my provider, I lack nothing. Let's say it again. I confess you, Lord God Almighty, are my source. Enough. You are my God. And because you are my provider, I lack nothing. Because you are my healer, I do not wallow in pain. And because you mend the brokenhearted, I am no longer broken. In the name of Jesus, I confess I no longer need these addictions like I thought I did before. I confess the following addictions. Now, this is where you take a moment right now. And in your own words, let the air come out of your mouth. Don't yell it across the church. But let's take a moment right now and just confess those addictions right now. Go. All right, let's pick it back up with please forgive. Please forgive me for what I have done. I confess these as sin and repent. I receive your forgiveness right now. I also command by the mighty name of Jesus that all accompanying spirits that have taken advantage of me and my addiction flee and never return. I am a new creation and all things are made new in you, Jesus. Fill every space emptied by addiction with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for deliverance. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, church. Praise you, Lord. God, we praise you, God. We thank you for your freedom. We thank you for your deliverance, God. Now, Father, we're asking you that as we leave this place and as we go about our lives, that as we're no longer walking in a spirit of addiction, Father, that you would present people to us, that we can help show the same process, the same light we've seen today, you would help us show them the same light, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on Freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.